Well, hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us for the Northgate Review podcast, where we take a look at the sermons that were given in our Sunday services, and we take a different approach. We take a fresher look at the topic. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I sit down with Jerry Shank, who is our student director, and we have a good conversation about the message that was given. If you missed the message, you can check it out on our YouTube channel by searching for Northgate Christian Fellowship. So come on, let's get into it. Hey, welcome, welcome to the Northgate Review Podcast. Uh, today, we actually couldn't get Jared and we couldn't get Larry, so we got the next best thing. We got Jerry, which is a combination of both of their names. We figured he'd have some good content, being the combination of them both. So yeah, we're joined by Jerry. Say hello, say hello to the nice people. Oh, hello. I'm allowed to talk now. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so... <laughs> We were off last week. We didn't end up doing the podcast. It was our mission Sunday, and we had... (laughs) No, don't be. Don't be, Larry. (laughs) And we ended up having a ton of uh, missionaries come, and it was really fun, and that was a cool day, but we didn't record the podcast because we had so many missionaries, we didn't know which one to talk about. There were too many great ones, so we hope you got to be a part of that. So good. (laughs) On Sunday, we had Jared Wilkins with us if you missed that message before you listen on you should go check out the video on our youtube channel it's only you, 22 minutes only 22 it's a short little <laughs> commute that's great and uh listen to that on our Northgate youtube channel you can find that listen to it, it was a great message um jerry and i have kind of talked about it a little bit we want to break down some different things like we do so uh jerry what was your impression of jared this sunday uh, I really, I really enjoyed him in being in the lobby and kind of being around and just the, the joy that he lives out and adds to the room um, was great. So it was great to meet him. And then listening to his message was really something that I, I think is just so important in all of our lives is this idea of dealing with disappointment and what do we do when we're not okay, when things are broken and frustrated yeah. in our lives, what do we turn to? Like, what's the model for that? Because it's in those moments that if we don't think about them before we're in them, then those things can kind of blow up and ruin our lives if we don't have a proper plan. So I think it's great to have that conversation. I think he did an excellent job of leading us through that conversation. It's funny. I've talked, I've had so many conversations just since that message about people discussing uh, their disappointments and stuff. And some of them didn't even hear the message. They were just talking about being disappointed. And I thought Jerry did a really good, uh, really good job of describing what disappointment is as saying your expectations and reality and the bigger the drama line between the two of them if your expectations are so high versus what your reality actually is you're going to be disappointed and man that plays out in our lives so much about how disappointed we get in just everything totally the so i watched um a video put out by the bible project which is a group of guys that Um, are out of Portland that come up with animated videos that tell the story of the Bible in a really like cool and excellent way. And they have a a series on Advent that I've been going through and they talked about the idea of peace on uh, one on the first video in that series. Um, It's the bibleproject.com. I highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already. Um, But it's, it's on peace and they describe the idea that 
that peace in the Bible is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not having everything you think you need, but rather peace is being whole. And so when things are described as being at peace, it's almost like a wall has no holes in it or there's some, there's a completeness to it. It doesn't have to do with stuff. It doesn't have to do with circumstances. And I thought how interesting, like there are two rivers that we can go down if we want to produce peace in a sense. I can try and get lots of things and work hard and fight for what's mine and what I believe I should have. And I can try and do that or I can try and be whole and live that way out of a, a completeness. Yeah, that that word peace is a state of being, not something that you attain like you strive for. That's what the Hebrew word peace actually meant for them, for them to use it as a greeting. You know, we're not yeah. we're not hoping that you, you know, they'd say grace and peace. That's what Paul would write in so many of his letters. And yeah. it's not like, "Hey, I want you to find a good state of being." Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's when you have that state that your circumstances don't determine the condition of your soul that then the drama line in your life that Jared was talking about this weekend, the, the drama line isn't super high highs. You're not at super low lows, but you're consistent and you are able to achieve a different state of being because you are not allowing your circumstances to determine your joy. It's based in a, a hope of future. And then you can participate in, doing good in the world. What are some what are some ways that we so easily set ourselves up for disappointment? Do you think uh, I mean we're talking about peace and and shalom and all this stuff and it, it's so true but let's bring it down practically. Um, we all experience disappointment every single day. Whether that's at our job, with our friends, with our dogs when they pee in the house, whatever it is. My dog doesn't do that. She's very well trained. <laughs> what are what are some Maybe uh, maybe we need to think about this more, but what are some red flags that we can say, maybe I'm setting myself up for disappointment right now? When we close our hands around things and say, I need this. Hmm. When the, the idea of living life with an open hand has been something that over the past year has been like yeah. planted in my head and has grown and has helped me live in a state of peace. We were, when we went through the fruit of the spirit series, the idea of peace came up in our staff meeting. We were kind of talking about what's this mean to different people? What's a fruit of the spirit that like you feel like you're good at. And peace was one that I was like, I, 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 the drama line in my life does not have high highs or low lows. It is, it is steady because I believe that like, and I'm not saying I've arrived by any means. That's silly of to think, but like that living life with an open hand that when I close my hand around something and say this relationship, this possession, this job, this position, this title is something I need to get and I need to have in order to have peace or happiness. It's, it's when we close our hands around things and say, I need this, that we set ourselves up for failure. And if you're saying you need something in your life, if you don't get it, you are setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't listen to the, or you just joined us and you haven't uh, listen to the Believe Part 3 Heart Check series. You can also check those out on YouTube. We went through the Fruit of the Spirit. That was a really fun series to go through that you can learn with us as we've kind of... It's cool to walk from that stuff when we when we get to have these things revealed to us and we get to walk out of that into new understandings of things, which is what we... Totally. And it shifts, it, 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 it shifts the way you viewed things in the past. Like yeah. you may have heard like this open hand idea and living life with an open hand, 
has caused me to read Bible verses I thought I understood in a new light and in a new way with a new understanding that, I don't know, there's there's that quote that you read in the book. What was it with your theology? If your theology is not changing or, <laughs> or if your views about God are not changing, then you're not growing. Do you, <laughs> do you remember what like it was? That. Yeah, it was something like, <laughs> if you're remember. not, if you're not, if you're, I don't if, remember exactly. The idea of it was that we love and serve a God who is eternal and endless and our knowledge of him can continue to grow and will continue to grow for all eternity. And so if my theology is not changing and what I believe about God is not changing and shifting, then maybe it's not growing and maybe I'm not in a right relationship with him. Just a thought, (laughs) not saying I fully agree with it. Just a thought. Yeah, no. So disappointments and setting ourselves up for failure. Um, One thing that came to mind as I was listening to that too was, uh, I'm trying to process ways that I might be setting myself up. And, uh, you know, I've shared my testimony at the church, and Jerry, you've shared your testimony with different people. And um, a lot of us at the at Northgate who work on staff are coming from some sort of a hurt in the church. And yeah, Larry calls it a limp. Yeah. He says he looks for people with a limp who have have been hurt and are willing to talk about it, but still willing to work hard and continue yeah. to chase good. Yeah, and I, and I think about... Um, I, I was very lucky this last few weeks to even have a couple of table of reconciliation conversations with people in my own life about some of the hurt that I had and some of the hurt that they had from me. Explain that table of reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. Table of reconciliation is the idea of sitting down with somebody in this open hands kind of mindset and saying, look, I've hurt you. You've hurt me. Let's put it all out there on the table and have a conversation about it. I'm, we're not going to get mad. We're not going to bow up, but we're going to acknowledge the hurt. We're going to acknowledge the feelings as valid, and we're going to try to work through them into uh, some form of reconciliation where we can move forward together in a way. And uh, I had two, three people come to me in the last few weeks seeking that, and it was really amazing. Um, and, and some of that hurt was an unrealistic expectation that they had put on me as a leader in the church, or as a worship leader, uh, and and losing that humanization of me. Like, I'm a person too. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we can put people up on pedestals in our lives, and it's unfortunate that where we're at in culture right now, we're seeing this fall of pastors and church leaders who are coming out as human, which is hard to believe that they're making these mistakes that all of us make all the time. And now because it's these pastors and, and we're putting these expectations on these people and, and we're thinking that they're greater than they actually are. Um, and that's not to say that what they did is okay or excusable, uh, but the understanding of like, we're all failures, we're all human. And if we treat everybody that way, I had a conversation with a guy today about that, that uh, if our expectations of, of these people in our lives is much greater than they actually are, we're putting people in the spot of God in our lives. If, if our faith is based on a person or if a leader leads, a pastor leads his congregation to put their faith in him as a person and not in God, then if he fails morally or uh, spiritually or in health fails, then they're not going to have anyone to follow. It's yeah. it's the idea of discipleship, right? You 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 were talking about this idea of um, what we're called to be when we're called to be disciples, that we should be leading people to be followers and disciples of Christ, not disciples of ourselves. Yeah. Not, don't follow me, follow God. 
if if I'm following God, you can follow after me. Yeah. But and it's we set ourselves for up for disappointment for yeah. um, a high drama line in our life when we look to those people or those individuals as their everything and mm-hmm. not that they're just carrying truth and they've understood yeah. truth. Yeah. How many? And and it's not even just in that spiritual leader. Uh, relationship. I mean, it's how many of our marriages are hurting because we're putting this expectation on our wives or on our husbands to be what this Instagram relationship is, or we're seeing or, new mothers who are struggling, you know, that are, yeah, you gave me the point like, Oh, yeah, that's me, where I was going to go. Okay, let me, let me give you, let me give you this one. Um, cause I, I work with our middle school and high school students. Um, I consistently hear students coming in and saying, you will not believe what my mom did to me here. You will not believe what my dad did to me here. Now I'm not an idiot. So I understand that like I take a lot of that with a grain of salt because they may be interpreting a situation. That's not entirely true. They're teenagers. It's what happens. Right. But what I frequently tell them is give your parents grace. They're people too. And do you remember the first time that you realized that you're like, parents were people and, and, and that, <laughs> that they weren't perfect. And then you gave them grace for it. Uh, <laughs> like you, you realize early on yeah. that they're not perfect. And then you're mad at them because you want them to be perfect. And then like somewhere around college for me, I was like, Oh, I can like give them grace for that and not like carry resentment. And then that freed me to like, live by their rules under their house in their roof and like do what they said and have conversations and like actually respect them because I was like, Oh, you're not perfect. And I can give you grace too. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this. Cause if he does, I don't want him to get hurt by I this. I feel like but... you say that every time you talk. <laughs> but uh, one of the funniest ways that I realized my dad was a human, I, I came back. I'd already been living in California at the time and living in California versus where I grew up in this really small town in North Carolina. I never had to parallel park. Like that wasn't something that we had to do. And then I've moved out here and I've started going to San Francisco and I'm going to downtowns and I'm, I'm parallel parking a lot. And so me and my dad, I went home for a vacation one time and our thing was always that we would go play tennis and the area we would go play tennis at is a college (laughs) near us. And I can't remember why that day it was just such, it was so packed. It was Christmas break. There shouldn't have been any students. And the only spot we could find was a parallel parking spot next to the tennis courts. And I had to witness my father try to parallel park for a solid like three to five minutes of backing up and not getting it, not cutting it quickly enough until finally he said, and I looked at him, I was like, dad, do you want me to do this for you? Like, that's gotta be the worst thing for a father to hear from his son is like, you can't do this. Let me do this until finally he's like, wow, this one's too tight. We're just going to have to find another spot and then walk in a mile because he couldn't parallel park. Yeah. But that whole idea, that whole idea. I love you, dad. I hope you're not listening. That whole idea illustrates the point that like when we, if we set our parents up for, and and maybe like this will help some of you who are listening today, like maybe you're carrying resentment with your parents because they've failed you and, and you just haven't forgiven them. You can't forgive them because you don't allow them to be human. And if we, if we remind ourselves that even our best leaders are human and can make mistakes. That's not to say we justify their mistakes. That's not to say that we don't, you know, stop following them if there's a moral failure or anything, but it allows us to not 
to, to, to be steady and not have a high yeah. drama line in our life. That's the beauty of the table of reconciliation. I'm not saying what you're doing is necessarily okay. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, of a father-son relationship where the father uh, really, really scarred and hurt this kid. Yeah. And now we're adults. And now we need to figure out how to move on from this. You sitting down to, to reconcile a relationship doesn't mean you're, you're saying what happened was right. You're just saying, hey, I'm letting it go. And I'm moving on. hundred percent. It's, yeah. it's, it, <laughs> you can open your hand to pain and let go of pain. And that goes back to what Steve Carter was talking about a couple of weeks ago yeah. about taking, taking yeah. the burdens out of your bags. Yeah. What Steve Carter was saying about that, like those stuff you carry around with you and, and that baggage and all of that stuff. And, and yeah, that's not <laughs> what this message was about, but they it all is, relate. They all tie in. Like everything that we've talked about in the past, whatever 15 minutes we're into this podcast has been 17, 17, excuse me, has been actually, I'll be editing stuff out. So probably less. I'm trying to get an idea across (laughs) everything we've talked in the past 15 minutes has been about this one message, but it's really been about the past, you know, couple months here at Northgate and what God has been teaching us and doing Mm -hmm. in our lives as some of the pastors on staff, but then also in conversations that we've had with people. Cause I, I, had conversations with high school students, with adults, with middle school students, with parents who are all learning these same lessons and learning to surrender things over to God. And it's when you surrender things over to God that you also like can handle disappointment yeah. better. Yeah. It's uh, it's such a good exercise to even comb through your life and see where are maybe areas that you've allowed unrealistic expectations. I mean, even for parents, expecting your kids to be something that maybe they're not. I mean, yep. maybe they're not, maybe you were the star football player and maybe your kid wants to play draw. the violin. Yeah. And it's, and it's understanding, you know, how to love in that situation. But uh, another thing that I really loved, and it was his, his two points in the message was him. He talked about the prophet Anna and how her faithfulness, even through this disappointment, her faithfulness through this tough time in her life allowed her to be a part of something really great where she got to hold the baby Jesus at the end of her life. Um, and the two things that she dedicated herself to uh, were worship and devotion. Devotion. These two things that that to us we almost think of as um, it's, it's the small stuff in your life. It's not the big things in your life. But what I'm learning right now is... I've seen in the church and I've seen in my own life and in my family life, we want so bad for God to do something great. How many people back then who believed in in this Messiah coming would have said, I want to hold the Messiah. But the difference is she didn't get to hold the Messiah. She didn't get to hold Jesus because she was in the right place at the wrong at the right time. It's because she prepared herself year after year it's, after year. It's because she was in the right place for a long time. Yes. It wasn't the right place at the right time. It was the right place for a long time. Yeah. And it's devoting yourself to these practices, to these things. I I think about it too, in this book that I'm reading, The Spirit of Disciplines by Dallas Willard. Um, It's talking about this Christianity and we see it in our churches and, and I see it in our church. We want these breakthroughs and we want miracles and we want big things to happen. We want to come in every Sunday and have a powerful worship time and the message to be fire. And, and it we're charges like, us up for the yeah. week. Yeah, and we're like, here we go. We're going to see breakthrough in our lives. And that's for a lot of us, the extent of our walk with Christ is Sunday morning, an amazing experience. Maybe if we're uber spiritual, we'll go to Rooted in one session for 10 weeks. But 
it's not that like Jesus didn't do these great things his entire life. Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life devoting himself to these practices to then he and even in his ministry still retreating to these practices to then be able to go do great things. 100%. It's it's like Galatians talks about we've been set free from the bondage of sin and we've been set free from the bondage of having to relate to God in like a religious way where we're asking if God is pleased with how good we are. And and Paul in Galatians talks about you've been set free from this. Why would you then go go back and burden yourselves with the yoke of slavery? It's it, I, an illustration that sticks with me that a pastor friend of mine did um, when I was in college. He took, he sat in a chair and he had someone saran wrap him into the chair over and over and over again. So he could not move out of the chair and he could not move. And then he had like another one of his friends, like, like flick water at him and like, you know, give problem, you know, essentially problems in life that are painful, that are frustrating. And he's, and he's burdened by this and he's stuck and he can't move. And then he has someone come up and cut him out and he, he was free. And he says, this is, this is a picture of what Jesus has done for us. Why then would we go back and put that back on? Why would we put ourselves back into, like, we know better. We know that there are certain, that, that, slandering our neighbors that getting angry that being bitter and not forgiving others that being slow to forgive like uh we know we know those things don't produce good in our lives but yet we go back to them and it's this idea that like it can't just be at work or it can't just be at church even even different than that i mean we're seeing it's not just about playing defense. Like you've got to eventually yeah. start playing offense. Like some of us do need to actually sit down and start eradicating things in our lives. Like, okay, let's actually start taking sin seriously and start taking things that we know we shouldn't be doing seriously and work very hard to get them out of our lives. And that's that idea that Paul is talking about in Galatians of don't return to this. This is You've been set free from this. It's not bringing you joy. And, and it might not even be hurting relationships in your life that you know of or that you think right now. It's or just, yet. Or mm-hmm. yet. It's just things that are just weighing you down. Maybe this outlook that you have on life, maybe you're bitter, maybe you're angry, but it's not really affecting life, but you just know you, should, you shouldn't be this way. Uh, it's also like, like Anna, her, uh, she was offensive. She chose things to be about, that worship and devotion. These are things that she said, I'm going to do this and we talk about it, Jesse kind of set that up in the worship talk. Worship is a choice. Like, I, yeah, it's easier. It's an easier choice a lot of times when life is good that it's easy to worship God. But it's also a choice when it's a bad time in your life and you have to choose to praise God and to pursue Him in that. And it's it's putting in some practices in your life that are going to be there no matter what or practices. Maybe let's use the word habits. It's setting up habits and, and routines in your life that are constantly pointing you to God, even if it's just... As simple as, as, as reading your Bible for five minutes a day, that's going to pay dividends in five years that you're not, you might not see that result that you get from a worship service at Northgate in, in the week from the five minutes every day that you do. But that's what, what Jesus, we learned from his teaching, even in his ministry of doing these big things, is that he constantly retreated to go be alone with God, to pray, to rest, to have silence, to, to fast, all these things that he was about that allowed him the spiritual bandwidth that gave him the energy that filled his cup, so to speak, so he could go out and do great things. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's the idea to go back to it is the preparing for disappointment, preparing for tragedy, preparing for like things to not go well. And how do we how do we live that way? Because if, if I'm saying like 
for those of you who are like in any sort of relationship, friendship, marriage, dating, anything, right? If you're not like working on that relationship, like doing things to make that relationship better, that relationship is going to deteriorate. Like that relationship yeah. is going to, is going to like, you can't, John, you can't go home to your wife and not talk to her and expect your wife to be like, happy with that, you know? <laughs> I don't know. She might actually be more happy with that depending on the day. Well, that would lead <laughs> me to diagnose another problem that you have neglected earlier. So it's like, oh good, he's not running his mouth constantly. <laughs> but you, you need to work on things to make them better and, and you need to work on things to prepare for hard things to happen. So if, if Caitlin gets bad news about something in her life and is going through a uh, frustrating time and you haven't been around to help her through that well then she's not gonna look to you for help there you yeah know? yeah it's it's definitely uh it's just it's so uh complex like there's so many elements to this as well like this walk with christ was never meant to be just something that you do casually i mean this discipleship relationship which is followers of jesus is what we claim we want to be it really goes into our whole lives i mean it's 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 getting rid of this bad stuff in our life. Let's get rid of that stuff that's dragging us down the way that we weren't created to live. It's also creating some safety barriers for when bad stuff happens. So I have to be ready for when I have to figure out how to check in my reality versus my expectations and rein that in. And then it's it's also being on the offense so that I am constantly pursuing Jesus. And yeah, it's it's quite complex. Our natural position as humans is to close our hands on our lives and say, I need to fight for this. I need to work for this. I, I need this to be secure. That's why, that's why we're so, everybody's so anxious about money all the time. And that's why we believe that living generously and giving away a percentage of your income, it, it, you become more powerful than your money when you let it go, when you give it away. Um, and that's, that's true in finances. That's true in our relationships. That's true with our kids. That's true with all things. If we can live with an open hand that frees us from being disappointed by things when they don't go our way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good. (laughs) Shut up, Larry. Uh, at the end, he even, uh, I, I thought it was great as he ended up, ended up the message talking about, um, how to deal with people in these seasons of disappointment. Uh, he he kind of went back into uh, empathy versus sympathy conversation, as he said, letting people, you don't go in there and correct them, but you be there with them in this time. And I was like, yeah, okay, he's bringing us full circle, man. He's just continually, this is the first time he was here, and he's talking about things that we've already been talking about. This is great. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you have been impacted by this podcast in any way, Uh, Make sure you share it with your friends, with your family, pass it along. You can subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we update new episodes. And uh, yeah, we love to hear some feedback. If you want to, if you have any questions or you have any comments, you can email us at updates at ingate.org. That's updates at ingate.org. So good. We'll see you on Sunday.